this is Outspoken. And we're live. (laughs) Welcome to this week's episode of Outspoken, everyone. I am your host, Howie Jackson, and I want to thank you all so much for tuning into the podcast. I really do appreciate you being here and you listening today. A lot to talk about. Uh, It's been a really interesting week. Um, At the top of the podcast, though, I really want to talk about um, an article that was given to me, actually. I had a, a listener who... Uh, requested that I talk about this particular issue. And and she, like many people, I think have sort of a mixed opinion, mixed opinions and mixed reactions about this situation. And I don't think it's an isolated situation. I think that many people in society experience this issue. And as a result of that, I think that the author is making much more of a deal about this than it really is. Um, And so we're going to talk about it. I'll give you my perspective and my opinion, of course. So the article uh, in, in question, the article that we're talking about is titled What It's Like to Be a White Woman Named Lakeisha. It's by an author um, named John Blake. Uh, this is a CNN article, by the way, um, that was published uh, this today, actually, um, Saturday, June 15th. And as you could sort of surmise by the title of the article, um, there's a woman in Ohio, a Caucasian woman uh, by the name of Lakeisha Francis. And many people are sort of split and and have mixed opinions about her name. Um, As you know, Lakeisha, um, (laughs) many people, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to know that that is, in many people's opinion, a black sounding name. Um, You know, I am, am, I'm one to cop to that. You know, I'm an African-American. I'm black, um, whatever, however you view me. Um, I'm a black person. And even I can sort of cop to the fact that, yes, statistically speaking, Historically speaking, Lakeisha tends to be associated with a black person, you know, that that's just that's what it is. And I I don't think we should make a big of a deal that big of a deal about it. You know, that's just what it is. Um, That's what we've we've grown. um, And that's what's become a custom, I I, I guess, to our particular culture. And and by our culture, I mean, you know, us as, as black individuals. So people are sort of, um, they have, they have, um, I I think, an opinion about this. You know, in the article, uh, Lakeisha states that um, she gets asked at least one to three times a week um, about her name. And and many of the comments, you know, in regards to the name Lakeisha, you know, aren't favorable. You know, they aren't pleasant, I should say. Here's my here's my opinion, and I, I urge you if you have uh, some time to to take a look at the article in much more depth. Uh, I don't want to go too much into it. Um, the The article does give sort of a backstory of of Lakeisha, you know, her 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 background and how she actually got her name, uh, the origin story of her name. Um, here here's what I will say: because society is much more diverse and much more inclusive, I think now more than ever. I think that individuals of all nationalities, all races, all creeds, whatever, 
we all have grown to accept and sort of take on traits and characteristics and mannerisms that are reflective in certain cultures. Does that make sense? Um, An example of this, I think, is white people or white individuals getting into the rap game. I think that is sort of an example uh, uh, that best illustrates this this concept of inclusiveness and um, togetherness. Historically speaking, rap and rap culture was a black it was a black movement. And over the years, you know, white individuals came to accept and appreciate, you know, this culture, you know, this uh, this unique thing that was associated with black people. Um, And so as a result of that, you are familiar with a lot more white rappers. You know, it's not that uncommon, I think, now to see a white rapper um, and listen to rap music, um, not just by back, by black people, but by by everyone. Um, I, I think that that's an example of, that best illustrates that that concept. But I, I just think that, you know, we're much more evolved. You know, we, we have come to a place that accepts everyone. And so there are certain things about certain cultures that, that we like and, and we want to adopt in our own cultures, in our own lives. And so Lakeisha has, has apparently grown to love this name. Um, it's a name that her mother gave her, of course. And so... I'm not saying that her mother has grown to, you know, appreciate and respect black people and black culture. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, nor am I saying that um, Lakeisha has a black father. You know, I'm not saying that at all. But I think that um, it's just a name. It, it, it's a name at the end of the day. You know, why are we making such a big deal about it? And by the way, Lakeisha, if I may say say so myself, Lakeisha's not the most black sounding name if we're being honest with ourselves um you know i don't think it's that it's not that unique of a of a, of a name um and it's not i think now now it's not associated with any 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 race any nationality you know any culture um i don't think that it's that unique of a name now that we should be making such a big deal about it i know i i know i'm not alone in that um and I'm, I'm sure that there are other people who agree with me. Um, I think it's just, it, it's a sign of the times. It, it, it show, it's showing that we've evolved as a society and we should, we should, you know, be happy about, you know, situations like this. It, it shouldn't be that, that big of a deal. Um, so again, if you have a chance, uh, take a look at the article. Um, it's called What It's Like to Be a White Woman Named Lakeisha by John Blake of CNN. Uh, take a look at the article if you have a chance. Um, but that, that, that is my opinion about that. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> I want to also, at the top of the podcast, give a huge shout-out and a huge congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. They made history this past Thursday night by winning their very first NBA championship in the team's existence. And I am so overjoyed and so over the moon. Um, by the way, for all the Golden State Warriors fans, for all the Steph Curry fans, I need an apology. And here, here's why I called it. If, 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 for those that know me, you know, in my personal life, if you recall, I called 
that I called it. I said at game six, the Golden State or not the Golden State Warriors, the Golden State Warriors are going to it's going to be over for the Golden State Warriors. They're going to lose and Toronto's going to bring it home and they're going to go for and they're going to bring the championship home and and win the, the, the series. I said this. Uh, I said this at game. I said at game six. You know that is going to be the reality of the situation. And many people were skeptical. Many people, um, sort of dismissed and, and disregarded, um, and sort of ridiculed me for my prediction. This is what I will say: Fuck you, <laughs> and in your face. <laughs> How about that? Um, in all seriousness, though, congratulations to the uh, Toronto Raptors. Um, I th- I think that this is a huge, a huge thing for for the team and for Canada, um, and we are all, um, regardless of of our le- our allegiance um, to certain teams, we're all proud of, of the Toronto Raptors. Um, I think I can speak for everyone by saying um, they are truly deserving of, of this accomplishment and this milestone in their um in their journey so congratulations to them so while i was watching the nba finals um this past thursday night i also got an opportunity to check out kim kardashian west at the white house um and that's gonna lead us to our next topic of discussion or our main topic of discussion in this podcast i should say kim kardashian west we're about to talk about you and i'm about to go in (laughs) um I want to preface any future thing, any future statements and anything that I'm going to say after this um, in regards to Kim Kardashian West. I want to say that I have a lot of opinions about this woman, uh, many of which are not the most favorable and the most flattering. But I will say that I am loving this new look for Kim Kardashian West. And I think that her new passion for criminal justice reform and sort of making a difference has truly enabled me to see her a little bit differently. I, I still have this, I still have a, an opinion about her and I'll get into that, but she is doing some great work. She truly is. Okay. So this is what happened Thursday. Um, I was watching the game. Um, I also got an opportunity, like I said, to, to check her out. She was at the white house this past Thursday for, um, what they called the second a second chance hiring event, um, and this was an event that the White House put on to sort of uh, show that they are in support of ex convicts and ex criminals um, having a successful reentry into society. And I think that employment is a big factor in whether or not they can successfully reenter into society. You know, if you're not able to get a job. Um, you're not able to make money and you're not able to support yourself. And so the White House recognizes that this is an important obstacle for uh, criminals and or ex-criminals, I should say. And they're really working with Kim Kardashian West, along with uh, legislators and, and policymakers to um, change the status quo and make a difference. I want to first and foremost play a couple of snippets from Kim Kardashian's visit uh, at the White House for those that didn't have an opportunity to um, listen or, or tune in to uh, the broadcast. Uh, for, so for those people, here are some snippets from Kim Kardashian West's visit and speech at the White House. Take a listen. It really is such an honor to be here today. So thank you. Um, my whole journey with 
criminal justice reform started about a year ago when I came to see the president um, after speaking to Ivanka and Jared, who really um, fought for me to get here. And um, I pled the case of Alice Johnson, who um, the president granted clemency to. And after that, I really spent so much time uh, going to different prisons because I really had no connection to anybody on the inside and really just felt like for me, I am at the place in my life that I wanted to make a difference and just wanted to do the right thing, but I didn't know how or what to do or even really what was going on. And so after going to visit so many different prisons and really sitting down with lifers with every situation you can possibly imagine. My heart just completely opened up and I wanted to do more. So I started to study the law, um, which is you know law school basically in California. Um, and my attorneys are here today, Aaron and, and Jessica from um, Cut 50. I learned so much that I don't even know if I don't want to speak for anybody in law school, but I learned so much just basically working on memos and being the assistant to them while the First Step Act was happening and f like learning how you get bills passed and working on it from the ground up. So to get the president's support and to see it come to fruition was magic. And the one thing that I just realized that needed so much support that I'm happy to help and be supportive where I can um, was the re-entry of people coming home and seeing the lack of support that really existed, um, whether it's housing or the amount of letters that I get with people just needing transportation to job interviews, to jobs. These people want to work. They want the best outcome. and. I'm so happy to be here today amongst people that want the same thing and that really believe in supporting um, their reentry. I'm so happy to announce today that um, we have a, um, a rideshare partnership where um, formerly incarcerated people will be gifted gift cards um, so that they can get rides to and from job interviews, to and from jobs, family members, and that is so important, so needed. And I just want to thank the president for really standing behind this issue and seeing the compassion that he's had for criminal justice um, has been really remarkable. So I just want to thank all of the organizations that are you know, partnering with everything that's going on and really being supportive because it really does mean a lot to so many people that I've had the pleasure to speak to. And I think the ultimate goal is everyone wants the community to be safe and the more opportunity we have and that they have and the support that we help give them, the safer everyone will be and the recidivism rate will be um, continue to just get lower, and so I'm just thankful to everyone here that's in support and so proud of this partnership with the Rideshare organization. So Kim Kardashian West um, 
spoke for a couple of uh, about a brief um, a brief time um, at at this event. Uh, I, w- I want to say about you know five to ten minutes, um, and, and she she spoke about a couple different things. She first talked about her work thus far in this this journey of criminal justice reform. You know, as you may recall, you know, we didn't have the podcast at this particular time. And, you know, I, I wasn't able to come on and, and talk about this, but she did enable um, Alice Marie Johnson, you know, was was the the uh, a prisoner who was had a life sentence for a nonviolent drug offense. And Kim Kardashian heard this woman's story and, and you know, with the help of the president, she was able to help this woman uh, become, you know, free and, and sort of grant her clemency. So she she spoke about that and she spoke about, you know, her passion for criminal justice reform and, you know, why she's so passionate about it. And then she actually um, talked about a very new initiative and new program that she and Lyft are partnering together to sort of. Um, roll out to the community this program and i just oh my gosh i think this is such a great idea this particular program so with the help of lyft um, lyft um, is providing ride credits and gift cards to former inmates um, in order to promote efforts to to help inmates uh, re-enter, you know, society and re-enter the workforce. Um, the the credits, um, according to uh, Kim and according to Lyft and, and what we've heard thus far, the credits will be able to be used by former inmates um, in order for them to get to interviews, in order for them to get to and from work, uh, and for them to visit family members. You know, that is the intent of, of this program, and that is what the inmates will be able to use uh, the ride credits for. Uh, no particular uh, word on the specifics uh, and sort of how the program will work. You know, I, I know when I first, uh, when I was listening to Kim talk about the program, I had some questions, you know, at the top of my head that weren't really answered, but I'm, I'm sure they will be addressed, you know, as, you know, the program is finalized and, you know, as rollout begins. Um, some of the questions that I had were um, which particular inmates actually are going to qualify for this, you know. An inmate is an inmate, you know, so someone that was in jail for a week or a month, will they then also qualify for something like this? Or will do, do the inmates have to be imprisoned for a certain amount of time? Uh, that was um, one of the questions that I had um, regarding the program. Uh, another question I had was how much ride cre- rideshare credit will actually be given to the, these uh, former inmates? Um is it going to be a thousand dollars in rideshare credit? Will it be a couple of hundred dollars? Um, you know what? What are the specifics uh, with regard to that? Um, I'm sure it'll be a couple hundred dollars for sure, um, but I would be surprised if Lyft um, made a bold move and, and sort of decided to go above and beyond that and sort of give uh, former inmates even more than a couple hundred dollars in, in rideshare credit. Um, and then the final question I had uh, really was about, you know, the application process. First of all, will there be an application process? And I'm sure there will be. Um, but sort of how will that work? You know, you know, how long will the application process take? You know, what will inmates have to provide to, to Lyft to, in order to prove that they were incarcerated and 
um, that they, you know, have spent some time in jail, you know, stuff like that. Um, so the application process, that is something that I also, um, I, I had, and these are questions I think that Lyft is going to have to address, um, if they are serious about something like this, you know, I think Lyft is definitely, they, they have definitely, and Kim Kardashian West even touched on this a little bit, uh, but Lyft has done some pretty, um, has taken some bold initiatives over the years and, and they are not afraid to make bold statements. And this certainly I think is the height of that state. This is definitely something that is bold, something that's really never been done before. And, um, I think that. Uh, it, it does show that they are serious about uh, sort of reforming uh, society within and reforming uh, criminal justice, and so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it. Um, we'll see how it sort of sort of plays out. I had a couple of takeaways and a couple of key points that I wanted to talk about um, in regards to you know Kim Kardashian's you know pursuit of criminal justice reform in, in this particular program. First of all, I just. I am so proud of Kim Kardashian. You know, regardless of my opinions about her, this, uh, this, I got to tell you guys, this is a fantastic idea. And don't you ever like, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one in this, but don't you ever like listen to like a great idea, you know, a great invention or whatever. And don't you just think to yourself, fuck, like, why didn't I think of that? I could make a killing off of that. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is a great idea. Um, I think that Kim and as as well as Lyft, you know, they make a very valid point um, when we're talking about, um, you know, the, the different obstacles that inmates have to face, you know, upon their reentry into society. And that is transportation is one of the leading obstacles for inmates when you really think about it. I mean, when an inmate gets out of jail, you know, they don't have access to a whole lot of money. Um and so as a result of that, you know, they can't just go out and purchase, um, you know, a car for cash or put a down payment on a car because they don't have a job. Um, so they can't put down payment, a down payment on a vehicle. Um, and, and oftentimes what I've found is that former inmates really don't even have access to a driver's license. They don't have uh, they don't have that particular uh, resource. And so transportation and getting to and from not only work, but get getting to and from uh family members homes you know anywhere i think it becomes a true challenge for them and so i'm glad that kim kardashian has recognized this i'm glad that lyft has recognized this and they really want to sort of transform and, and make a difference um as it relates to the system and this this system that inmates are in you know when they come out of jail I think that just listening to Kim Kardashian speak at this event, and I think that, you know, her partnership with Lyft, you know, in, in this program, I think that it's very much evident that she has found her passion in life. And that is making a difference in, in, in this criminal justice reform, you know, journey that she's she's gone into. She has truly found something, I think, that has that interests her that engages her and that enables her to make a difference you know of course she has you know the reality television show of course she has the cosmetics line and she's an entrepreneurial at heart she has all of that and i think all of that falls under the kim kardashian brand but at the end of the day despite all of that despite her wealth and her name 
and you know as we know she has a huge following a huge social media following and she has this large platform i think that it's important for people like kim kardashian and different influencers you know within that same realm to use their platforms and use their influences for something positive something for the betterment of society and kim i think is definitely realized that there is more to life than money you know there's more to life than wealth and fame and she has chosen you know this life for herself and she has chosen to make a difference um from her following and from her influence and i think that is just i think that is so great so often now i think that with you know celebrities and and public figures you know they're so caught up in you know the game they're so caught up in you know the wealth of it all the the fame of it all and you know they get lost in themselves and you know they they really don't contribute anything of value to society um you know it's all about themselves and how they can make themselves wealthy and make themselves better and it's just i think it's so refreshing that we have a celebrity um and this is not the only one this is not an isolated event there are plenty of different uh, or there there are a plethora of celebrities who have taken you know this particular this particular lead and that have gone on to do some fantastic uh, philanthropic work um but i think it is so refreshing that you know we have someone with this huge following with this huge platform and they're using it for something different you know they're not, they're not using it for um for money and for for sponsorships you know whatever they're using it to better the lives of those who have less than them and that are less fortunate than them. I think it's the the best thing ever. Now, with that being said, I have to do it. I have to play devil's advocate a little, a little bit. And like I said earlier, I love that Kim has has taken on this new passion of hers. I'm I'm glad that she's passionate about something that is helping the community and in helping society at large. But I have to I've got to bring it up because I know I'm not the only one that's thinking it. Despite her new her newfound love and her new passion in life, I for one take issue with Kim's aspirations of becoming a lawyer or becoming an attorney, I should say. And the reason being is that why why become an attorney? This is what I will say. Kim has such a following. She she is her she has such name recognition, and I think that she has the ability to make an impact um, on a large scale. That is not just you know within local communities. I think she has the ability to make an influence and in, in, you know reach people across the world. You know that's how big this this woman is. That's how much of a following she has, and I think that she has the ability to do so much more than any ordinary attorney could ever do. And so I really question her motive of wanting to become an attorney, wanting to become a lawyer. Why, why an attorney? You know, I, I, I think that, you know, she has mentioned, you know, her passion for law, you know, remember her dad um, was a very, you know, a, a high power and, and famous lawyer. Um, and, I think law has been always the 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 uh, I should say the the love of law um, has always been you know deep rooted within her family you know as her father 
um, was a lawyer, you know, and I, I feel like her, her father definitely, you know, within her upbringing, definitely instilled that, that love and that passion. But I just, I feel like she doesn't have, this is something she doesn't have to do. She doesn't have to become a lawyer. First of all, I, I don't think she's in this for the money. First of all, she has plenty of money. She is very, very wealthy. So she's not, of course, she's not in it for the money. And, and lawyers, you know, quite frankly, you know, it's a very, it's a very um, prestigious career. Um, it's a career that's looked favorably among many people, the vast majority of people, I should say. But many lawyers, you know, they don't make anything like Kim Kardashian has, has made over the years. You know, they're not making millions and millions. I mean, there are some lawyers making millions of dollars, but not to the extent of Kim Kardashian, not to not to, not on that level. So why why does she want to become a lawyer? For those that don't know, by the way, what I'm talking about, um, and, and we didn't have the podcast, um, as I said earlier in the podcast, uh, we didn't have this particular platform to talk about this, but Kim Kardashian uh, this past summer, or was it last, was it last? I think it was last summer. Um, she announced that she was a bit interested in, in, in sort of law and becoming a lawyer. And so she's not going to law school. Um, California, where she lives, actually doesn't require uh, lawyers to go to law school in order to practice law. Um, it's one of four states that that has um, that is that's unique in that in that way. And so she's not going to law school, but she has taken on this apprenticeship um, that lasts, I think, three or four years. Um, and she's working with uh, lawyers, getting some real life and real practical experience. And at the end of her apprenticeship, you know, she is going to take the bar exam. And given that she passed passes, I should say, she will become an, an attorney in the state of California. And so over the course of her apprenticeship, of course, she's studying to, you know, take the bar, you know, she's going to be taking practice bar exams, you know, in between then. Um, but it won't be until the end of her apprenticeship that she uh, takes the exam and, and determines whether or not she uh, can go on and, and practice real law, I should say, <laughs> where she can be a real lawyer in California. But with that in mind, I just I really sort of question her 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 reasoning why she wants to be an attorney. Um, I think that because, like I said earlier, she has you know this influence. I think that she is able to make much more of an impact. And this particular decision of hers to to pursue law and to pursue the attorney route, I think it's taking away from her ability to make differences in other areas of of the country. You know, criminal justice, criminal justice reform is, is her passion and it's the area that she wants to work in. But there are so many different elements and aspects to criminal justice reform that needs solving. And so rather than pursue law, rather than pursue the attorney route, I, I wonder why she's not working towards, you know, solving this issue, why she's not working to solving this crisis, you know, whatever. Why why pursue this route, Kim? I, I don't know why you're doing this. But you know what I think, though? And I think Kim even herself have, has sort of mentioned this and or sort of alluded to this. I think that Kim has had enough with uh, celebrity culture and sort of being in the limelight and being at the forefront of celebrity. Um, and she's really wanting to 
obtain a new identity and she's really wanting to sort of lay low now that she's you know approaching her 40s and she's you know has kids she she just recently welcomed a new child into the world and so she has a family you know she's made her mark i think in the world um as far as being a celebrity and being a public figure and so now she's wanting to sort of fall back and sort of lay low and live a low-key life and i think that perhaps becoming an attorney um is her way of doing that i'll I'll give her the benefit of the doubt and, and i think that perhaps may be her reasoning behind this decision but again like you don't have to do this kim like you you really don't quite frankly i wouldn't want kim kardashian representing me as a lawyer absolutely not like what <laughs> what i was actually asked you know when i was preparing for you know this week's episode i was asked you know would you want kim representing you in the courtroom and my answer is no like what first of all kim is kim would be a huge distra- a huge distraction to the courtroom process and the procedures because of who she is of course you know that's a given and i think that because i've sort of watched her grow up and evolve i think that i already have this perception and this 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 notion of who she is and so it would be very hard for me to take her seriously in that role you know what i mean i i don't know i I, i'm not the only one that feels that way but no i wouldn't want kim representing me in the courtroom I think that it takes years and years to become an expert in your particular area of law. And Kim's just just idea to all of a sudden one day become a lawyer and, and practice law and, you know, do this little apprenticeship for a couple of years and think she can become, you know, this this high power and this 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 lawyer. I don't know. I, I don't think she'd be knowledgeable enough to to handle the pressures and the the rigor that is law you know what i mean so i'm sure many people would love to have kim kardashian as a lawyer not because she's knowledgeable or not that she's best for the job but because of who she is quite frankly when i'm hiring an attorney i want someone that knows what they're doing that is an expert at what they do and that is an expert in their area of law and that really can make um a case for my particular issue and i don't think that's something kim could do i'm sorry i'm sorry you know call me crazy whatever but i'm not the only one that feels that way um i just don't think she's i don't think that this is the right move for her i I really don't I, i get it kim that you want to live a different life now i get that but there are other ways to do that that doesn't require you becoming a lawyer like why do this kim this is what I will say, Kim, if you're wanting to sort of take on this new life, if you're wanting to fall back from celebrity culture and and um, sort of live a more secluded life with your family and your, your newborn child, um, as well as your other three children, why don't you just move to another country? Why don't you do that? There are plenty of celebrities who've done that and who have able to sort of uh, obtain a sense or a new identity you know what i mean 
Lindsay Lohan is someone that comes to mind when, when I think of that. You know, she lives in Dubai, I believe now. You know, she was a, a huge celebrity at one point in time who was at the forefront and that was in the limelight. And, you know, there came a time where Lindsay was just like, I can't do this anymore. And so she, she moved to Dubai and she says that it's very much, it's a much more private life that she's living now that she's moved to a different country. And I think that's something Kim could do. I mean, she definitely has the means to do it. She's a very wealthy woman, as well as Kanye. They have the means. They have the resources to do it. So why not take that path, Kim? Why not do that? If you're wanting to become more private, if you're wanting a more private life, move to another country. Why do you have to become an attorney? I'm just, I, I really, I really hate to question her motives, but, but I, I, I think it has to be brought up because you don't just go from being a celebrity to an attorney. That's not, that's not, that's not typically the path people take, you know? I feel like she's going backwards in many ways rather than forward. But, but Kim, 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 if this is something that you're passionate about and that you really want to do, that is, you know, becoming an attorney. I would really, really hope that she doesn't use her name recognition and her wealth to cut the line and, and sort of cheat the pro the process. I would really hope that that is not what you're going to do, Kim, with this. And I hate to I hate to bring that up as well, but this has a cer certain. Um, ring of truth to it and i think it's very much in the realm of the college admissions scandal you know what i mean you know you have these these celebrity these celebrities these wealthy uh, individuals who were able to use their name and use their uh their wealth to cheat the, the system and, and cheat the process by which their kids got into very selective universities and colleges around the world Kim, I, I really don't want to believe that this is something you would do. Um, and I know that the the bar exam and, and sort of the bar association has policies and procedures and security measures in place to prevent something like that from happening. But then again, the SAT also has security measures and, and or they so they say, you know, they say that they have security measures and precautions that they put into place in order to prevent cheating from happening. But then you have wealthy families and wealthy individuals who were able to over sort of overcome that and um, sort of use their power to rig the system, so to speak. And so um, I hope this is I hope you don't I hope I really hope, Kim, that, you know, if this is something you're going to pursue, do not do not use uh, and abuse the system. Please, please, please don't do that. At the end of the day, Kim, though, I, I really do wish you the best of luck with your endeavors, you know, in this this, this uh, journey of criminal justice reform. Um, I think that you definitely have, have shown that you are passionate about this. Um, so that is not an argument um, that is, that's going to be made. I, I don't think anyone's arguing that you're not passionate about it. But um, I, I would definitely... Um, if, if Kim were to listen to this, um, which that would be crazy if she was listening. Um, but I, I would, I would hope that you reconsidered maybe the direction that you were going in when it comes to criminal justice reform 
and sort of the methods that you're using to achieve uh, what you want to achieve, you know, in this journey. I think that you are a very powerful woman. You're a very influential woman and you have the means to do so much in this world that doesn't require um, the, the, the route that you're wanting to take. So just, just, just a, just a thought, Kim, maybe take my, my thoughts, you know, into consideration, maybe not, but, um, all in all great work. I'm rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. And despite my opinions, um, I think that you have definitely, um, shown yourself to be, uh, a charitable in, a charitable individual and and a philanthropist and you have shown that you are wanting more out of life and you want to leave this life with with positive things that you've accomplished um, and and things that benefit the greater good of society that's all kim that's all and with that being said you all that is going to conclude this episode of outspoken i want to thank you again so much for listening today I urge you to, if you have a chance, rate the podcast, follow the podcast. Um, My Twitter handle is Howie G. Jackson. Follow me on social media. And I want to remind you that it never hurts to be outspoken. I'll see you guys next time.